What's going on, everybody? Bielema coming back to town. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Illinois, talk about the preview. Uh, what do the Badgers need to do coming out of this week to make us feel a little bit better? All of that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what is going on, everybody? I am Ryan Herrings, your host, the Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. I uh, really appreciate you tuning in, whether you're on the podcast, on YouTube, however you found us. Thank you for joining the community. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Underdog. Underdog is the best way to spice up your fantasy sports uh, Saturday or Sunday. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100. We're going to bring Justin on the show, longtime friend, listener, supporter, all the above. Uh, Justin, man, we got two bees coming into town. Bielma coming into town with his uh, fight in the line. I, I let's start here. I want to start here because I want to get your take on this. I think it's going to be surprisingly similar to mine. Do you care about Bielma? No, I mean it's. I'm, this is such. It's been buried. It's so old at this point. Like he's taken his karma at this point. Mm-hmm. He failed at Arkansas, like the job that everyone was bitter that he took because he thought it was a better gig. He failed at miserably. Um, he did some things at Arkansas that that started to establish a foundation, but just couldn't get a foothold. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, he pretty much stumbled around until he got this opportunity to Illinois. I mean, he played; he was like a assistant coach for New England for a little while. That's pretty impressive, right? It like is. Belichick doesn't. It's a good place. It's a good place to, to yeah get into. Also, an outside linebackers coach for the Giants, I believe. Like so, he, it. I was pretty. I'll be honest. I always considered Bielema kind of a dinosaur, kind of you know not the most intelligent football coach, but yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I'm, being, like I'm just being real. <laughs> kind of right, but like, yeah, good energy, made good hires, could identify good people. You know, like I not not a bad coach, but for him to stick with Belichick surprised me. It always surprised me that he stuck with Belichick because I didn't think the X's and O's were his. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Like the one thing, I, the takeaway I had from his time at Wisconsin was a very vanilla defense that that liked to play very bend but don't break. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't terrible defense, but it wasn't good either. Like it's the statistics from our, our most recent defenses over the last six, seven years, blow that out of the water. Like anything that he did with those defenses other than probably 2006, which yeah. was a very good defense that year. Um, he was a solid coach. Like he had some Absolutely. bravado to him, Wisconsin def Like that was, I think everyone that's part of what hurt is we finally had a coach that actually, Seemed like he had a pulse. Like Barry had one, but oh, Barry had one though, and especially he in big did. Games. As in younger, his younger days, Barry was more brash, mm-hmm. and and Bielema had some of that too. Yep. We we are desperately begging for some of that attitude, and come get some kind of attitude, um, with the current program. I I don't really like. I want him to turn Illinois into not a a doormat in the West. Like, I think it helps, like, it makes everything look better in the West if we have teams that actually seem competent. I think he's on his way to do I, that. I, I am afraid because they there's some things there that are in his advantage compared to ours. Like, if he turns mm-hmm. Illinois into a decent team, Illinois, with, with his attitude, would not shock me to have him start cleaning up in that state. 
That would shock me. I'm going to be honest, just because I think Notre Dame gets whoever they want. I think Ohio State I, I, gets whoever they I want. I think they do, but Notre Dame really isn't that good, and we need to see Freeman keep them where they are. No, but they'll still recruit well, right? That's one of those schools that even if you're not good, you're going to recruit well. I do want to talk they, about – They will recruit well, but I'm not sure how if they will continue to recruit to the level that they have been. It's possible. I just – I don't see any scenario really where Illinois cleans yeah. up in Illinois. True. I, that, I would say this, fair. though. I, I would say this, though. I, I think your point about him turning them into a bit of a content, – not contender, but into a stable program is certainly happening. I think he oh, yeah, can do he that. Can be, I can see him getting into an 8-win or 9-win team. Mm-hmm. And what they've done this year, let's talk a little bit. So this first segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Illinois, because um, some of their key players, what Bielema has done. They're 3-1 and one this year. Uh, wins against Wyoming, Virginia, Chattanooga, a close loss to Indiana. They're, the funny thing they about Illinois – They shot themselves in the foot, yeah. They did. They, sh- they should have won that game. Mm-hmm. Um or I, I, maybe not, but they definitely had opportunities to be 4-0. Yeah. The funny thing about Illinois, when when I've seen them play this year, when you look at their stats, it's Bielema's fingerprints are all over it. Mm-hmm. They, they have a ton of time of possession. They they play like they have a good defense. did at Wisconsin. They mm-hmm. stop the run. Uh, Chase uh, Chase Brown, the running back, leads the country in rushing. He's averaging mm-hmm. 6.4 yards per carry. You know, they have a good passing game that is not crazy explosive but it, it limits turnovers they have a good rushing defense like it, it's literally like it's it's averaging more yards team. than wisconsin it's 245 yards a game right now which is which yeah really solid and brown's really good brown reminds mm-hmm. me of brian calhoun mm-hmm. like he's stocky he's short but he's powerful he's burst. quick decisive yeah. he's got good burst he breaks a ton of tackles by the way guess who hasn't had a great tackling defense this year mm-hmm. well to that's honestly what my consideration was coming into this game. This is a game where it's going to be very much a either you better show up because Wisconsin is kind of at a crossroads in this season. This is a game that if if they get punched in the mouth and they stumble, this could lead to like the rest of the season trending down. If well, the defense loses game. its confidence, Bad things could happen. This could be a 2018 defense very easily. Like we're not that like there are parts here and don't get me wrong. Like with this, if this defense comes together, they could still be a good unit. It's not going to be what we've, we're, we've been accustomed to, but I think it can still be like a top 20 unit overall, but there's some growth that needs to happen. And with that growth, you need confidence. So these guys have to start stacking some good situations together on the season or we're in trouble. Like mm-hmm. these are young players who haven't played a lot, who, if they lose their confidence and start questioning things, defenses fall apart. When that happens, when guys start second guessing themselves rather than playing on instincts, that's when you see sloppy defense and guys, you know, big plays being broken. Mm-hmm. Well, in Illinois, again, Illinois is an offense. We, t- we talked about Chase Brown, but Tommy DeVito was a Syracuse transfer. Mm-hmm. He, he has nine touchdowns and two picks this year. He's second in the Big Ten in passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, big-time threat with Pat Bryant, averaging 18 yards per carry. They also do a lot of things that I wish I wish Wisconsin would do a little bit more of. Like they're running zone read out of shotgun on, on second and seven. You know, So they're giving their quarterback what I think is a more advantageous way to, to examine the Survey field than the field. we give Graham Mertz. You know, they're a little more multiple. So it's this is a good offense. Like they run the ball really well. Um, the only downside is they don't pass protect very well. They're second or third worst in the conference in pass protection. So this might be an opportunity for Herbig, Daryl Peterson, those guys to get going. But your point's dead on. Like this is a crossroads game. And 
Wisconsin can kind of go one of two ways here. But I think gone are the days, at least for this season, gone are the days of Illinois coming to Madison, right? The spread this is a get right game. Points. Yeah. This isn't a get right game by this any means. This is a tough game. Bela must come into this game that. looking to win. And I will say this this is not a game that Wisconsin likely is going to be able to just run it down their throat. They have no, a they decent have a good run defense. defense. No, so they haven't Wisconsin's played many. going to have to. They haven't, but they, they, they were actually yep. pretty good last year. If mm-hmm. anybody that watched them last year, the defense actually held up pretty well. The offense just wasn't very good. Ton of turnovers on offense last year. The mm-hmm. defense was pretty good. They they fixed a lot of their turnover issues this year. Mm-hmm. Like I said, DeVito's been really good. Hold on to the ball, and they run it a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Brown gets a ton of carries, but he's built for it. Like, and he's productive. This, he's super productive. Like this, it's a Wisconsin team. Like in a little more evolved way, you know, running out of different sets. But he has built his version of Wisconsin, or I should say, he's building his version of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. You know, in Champaign Urbana, and so far it's been pretty good. Uh, coming up, we are going to talk about uh, keys to the game, players that we need to see step up. That's coming up next on Locked On Badgers with Justin Jolka. Uh, but first, today's show is brought to you by Underdogs Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest way to spice up your college football season. Uh, super simple to get started. Play when cold hard cash in a single day. No more waiting on an entire season of fantasy sports to play out before you get your payday. You can earn cash instantly after a single game. I've done it. Um, and one of my favorite parts about underdog is they have a ton of in-game parlays um, go to the website pick who you want to pick individual players receiving passing totals you can stack two uh two to five of them together uh, and really make it a fun way to follow along with favorite teams favorite players as you're watching the game uh, again it's easy to play and it's one of the easiest fantasy games out there to earn cold hard ca- cash off a single game um Sign up with the promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 for free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog, Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store, Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick em action today. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to thank everyone again for uh, tuning into Lockdown Badgers, making this one of your first listens, your team every single day. We're talking Illinois. We're talking BLMO. We're talking with Justin. We got the power trio there. Um, Justin, let, let's let's talk a little bit. Again, we, we need to – it's tough, but we need to move on from Ohio State. We talked about it a ton. Mm-hmm. We need to be like in Lord of the Rings, that eye of Sauron, or was it Saruman, whatever it is, just that laser-focused eye focusing mm-hmm. on one thing that's Illinois – what are the keys to this game? Like, how do we, what do you need well, to see from Wisconsin? The defensive line has to badly rebound here. Like, they really need to be better in this game, mm-hmm. especially against a team that really likes to run the football and and is quite good at it. So they have to be good in this game because the linebackers just got crushed last game because the the, the defensive line didn't hold up. Um, I don't think that <sighs> – a lot of the corner issues in the last game weren't a lack of ability. It was just conceptually, we were just bad. Like we were mm-hmm. playing way too far off. Like I get that you're playing against plus athletes, 
but make them work for it. You know, if you end up getting beat deep, at least he's throwing a pass 35, 40 yards downfield that he's got to be on a dime rather than 10 yards or 20. And and what ended up happening is like they just chewed us up and just nickel and dimed us down the field because everyone was wide open. Like there's high school kids that could have easily carved up our defense if we were playing that far off. Yeah. No, I, your point on the defensive line, I think, is the, the perfect place to start, actually. You know, you, you're telling me Bielema, uh, Chase Brown aren't looking at Ohio State, those two top running backs for Ohio State, each going over 100 yards and they're not licking their lips. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what happens to Keanu Benton. Like, we got to we gotta keep it real. We talked about how big him coming back this year was all offseason, right? Like, we talked about how big that last game was for him for his draft status. And, and that was, was terrible. That was terrible film to put out. Like he was terrible. And I went back and rewatched it. Like I, again, I, the first half, I went back and rewatched it. Like that first goal line play, you know, our defensive line against their offensive line, they manhandled us. And that's, mm-hmm. that's not, we, we spent a lot of time, you and I, uh, other people talking about schemes, Ohio State scheming people up and we don't do that. That wasn't scheming anything. That was oh, just, no. they just shoved it down our throat. You. Yeah. And I was, I remember watching that on the rewatch. I was like, who is this dude? This is not Keanu Benton. Mm-hmm. He's and not so, the guy yeah, we're accustomed to at all. Absolutely not. And by the way, that defensive line down there, Rodis Johnson, upperclassman. You know, uh, yeah, Isaiah Mullins, upperclassman. Th- these are Why not are freshmen getting... or redshirt freshmen that are getting shoved around. No. So you're right, man. They have to hold up. And I was wrong. Um, again, to keep it real with everybody, I thought the defensive line would be a strength this year. I thought you had a bunch of upperclassmen plus Keanu Benton. It could turn around still, but up to this point, that I was wrong. Yeah, I would have to take a look and go back and look at all the games to see what their role has played in our linebackers seeming less productive. Like, mm-hmm. I know we've talked about the inside linebackers not being great. How much of that is their fault and how much of that is that the holes just aren't there like they were for Chanel and, and Sanborn to just run through? Probably some of both, right? It, yeah. I mean, it's always some of both. I well, would say some, this. Yeah. I don't think that the, the these young these guys are learning their way. Mm-hmm. Like, we have two... Ideally, we would have liked to have had at least one inside linebacker who had played regularly mm. so that they could kind of spoon feed the other guy and up the uh, or shorten the uh, time frame needed to get them up to speed. They're kind of yeah, learning me, off each other. Let me ask you this, though. And I was thinking about this during the week. And you mentioned, you know, how how good those inside linebackers were last year. You know, what happened to our defensive line? Could it just be that those inside linebackers covered up some of the defensive line last year? Like they could just be, be very blocks, much. yeah. Right, like it's not yeah. like Chanel well, was always running through. And holes. that's just that's just it. Is is Chanel is one of the few linebackers that, like, you talk about being able to just toss aside a lineman. He could get off a box. Like he was stronger than the guy that was coming at him. Yeah, he's a two fifty five pound linebacker versus a three hundred pound lineman, and he's probably stronger than him. That's impressive. It's not like the defensive line was always keeping him clear is kind of my point. Yeah. I think you're saying the same. Oh, yeah. And Sanborn was so instinctual that he was mm-hmm. beating blockers to the mm-hmm. point of attack. Whereas this year when I'm watching Jordan Turner, he's, he's trying, he's trying to use his athleticism and speed, which he has an abundance, but he's trying to use it to create angles around blockers and he's yeah. misreading it. Yeah. He's, he's misreading it. And I think he's reacting slow. Like I think there's a lot of second guessing going on with both inside linebackers this year compared to what we're used to just not having the reps. And la- that's that's what absolutely kind of killed us with them not playing much last year. Like we we could have shortened this learning curve a ton had we had them play 
fifteen percent of snaps last year. Yeah, but you couldn't you couldn't take those two dogs off the field. Mm. Not in close games, you just couldn't do it. Yeah, and there were and too there many was, of them last year. And there was too many of them last year, one hundred percent. Um, let's let's flip it to the offensive side. So, because I, I think defensively, you are dead on the defensive line, those inside linebackers. It's going to be a running game, and if we don't stop it, they're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's flip it offensively. Illinois Illinois has a good pass efficiency defense and and a pretty stout running defense. Where are you at on our offense? We're four weeks into the Bobby Ingram um, experience here. What do you want to see? What do you need to see? What do you think you're going to see? Well, I'm washing out last week. Like, I'm not taking anything from that, to be quite honest. Um, I think that we need to continue to do what we've been doing, which is to try to throw for 200-plus. And I think that we will have some success in this game. Now we need Skylar Bell to play like the Skylar Bell that we've seen most of the season. Cundiff's going to hurt. That's a loss. It it just is. Yeah. I'm guessing we'll probably see Eschenbach filling in that spot. But he's just not the same guy, and I'm hopeful that he can be productive. But I, my, I actually think that there's a chance that uh, Rucci ends up having more effect in the passing game than than Eschenbach will. We'll see. But I feel good about the wide receivers still. I, I think what we saw in that last game was we got so physically manhandled all over the place, and it's not that the offensive line was outright terrible. They weren't. But they, yeah. They, they didn't give up sacks, but they did get pushed around. Like they, Mertz was feeling pressure. Anyone who thinks that he wasn't is nuts. Like you could see the pocket starting to move on him, and that's mm-hmm. when he got he got happy feet. He just did. But we also didn't have a lot of guys open. What happens when the pocket starts to break down a little bit is quarterbacks move their eyes off of what they're seeing, and now you're no longer going through your progression. Now you're kind of – Oh, we're okay. I got to find somebody. And that's when you get into the wrong mindset. And uh, listen, he made a couple of plays to bell. One of them should have been made where he was looking in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. That, that which that should have been a catch. The throw was there. Agreed. He just wasn't even looking for it. Um, I think I feel, I still feel good about the receiving group. I think in every game, they will be a plus in that game. Like they're better. They're better athletes than most of the teams we will see going forward. Um, and I think that Mertz is still improved. And like I said, going into the last game, I think that he could still be a good quarterback the rest of the year. We, we need to see the aggression. And mm-hmm. if this is, if I had my way, what I'd like to see this week, go out there and roll them by 21. Like this would be the, I'll take just, it. Just if you're, if you're productive and something's working on offense, don't milk clock, run up right. the score and get confident. This team needs to feel good about itself. You're not going to do that winning 20 to 17 and and grinding away the end of the game like no player looks back after they get done and like yeah that 15 minute drive where we averaged three and a half i bet you offensive linemen look back they, and they say that might. 15 minute but the drive quarterbacks the running backs and the wide receivers probably not like jesus couldn't we have just opened it up a little bit so we didn't have to take such a beating but this to, to the point we made earlier though this is a pretty solid Illinois team, and it's Wisconsin it that hasn't lived up to ex- expectations. I think you're almost at the point where a win is a win. Like we're almost oh, yeah. at that point of the season. Oh, but that's but that's what I'm saying is don't grind it. Like try play your A game here. There's so, no more games where we should be hiding stuff. Just get the I'll, wins. I would say this though. So I agree. I've agreed in the past that I wish we would be a little more versatile especially on first down i wish we would throw out of out of situations that give Graham mertz better opportunities to exploit a defense 
i.e. not throwing on second and seven, third and 10, you know, going shotgun 11 personnel, first and 10, throw the ball once in a while. However, based on what we've seen over four weeks, how realistic is that to you? Because what we've seen in four weeks is really still just, it feels like last year's offense Yeah, with a, the- with a few wrinkles, but not dramatically different. It's not. It really isn't. Um, I think that we, we've just gotten more efficient with our passing game is, mm-hmm. is really the biggest difference. Mertz has grown. For the sure. scheme itself, some some light things. I, it's hard for me to say if the scheme has changed much or if the receivers are just better this year. And I think I think there's an argument to be made that they're just physically more talented than what we had last year. Like, for we had such a weird couple of guys. Like, Danny Davis was a solid receiver but didn't have the build to like really do anything with his limitations. Like if he would have had, if he was say an inch taller and 15 pounds heavier, he probably would have been much better as a wide receiver because he would have been able to physically Could you say that about every receiver. Well, that, that's, mean, just about- but that's the thing I'd say about, um, uh, what's his name? The other wide receiver, Kendrick Pryor. Pryor. He couldn't separate. Like he, he so had fast, all the speed in the got, world, but he yeah. could not get off of defenders. And that's no, what stopped him from being able to just burn people. Our receiving group is better this year. I, I 100% agree. And I, I I wish we would take earlier advantage of it is maybe the best way to put it. Yeah. Like punch punch Illinois in the mouth. They're, you know they're going to mm-hmm. you know they're going to put a safety in the box. First yeah. first down. Carve them up that first drive. Come out and throw four you, out of five times. You remember just, um the game against Northern put Illinois? Them on heels. Um was it Scott Tolzien's first start? First play was a, a play action. They went 80 yards to, I think it was Isaac Anderson for a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I remember it. Just once in a while, try it is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, coming up, we're going to do our predictions. You know, a couple players to watch. That's coming up next on Locked On Badgers. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Locked On Badgers, continuing to stay with us, continuing to, to entertain the discussion wherever you're coming from, uh, your team every single day. We really do appreciate it. Justin, as always, is awesome. Uh, Justin, let, let's let's start here. Predictions. Uh, the line is seven. Uh, Wisconsin is favored by seven, which, again, historically, you know, Illinois coming into Madison over the last 20 years, a seven-point line is not what we've seen. So yeah. we've already seen the shift on this. And by the way, the public is banging They're Illinois. Coming on Illinois. <laughs> yes. It, the last I looked, it was 70% of the money came in on Illinois. So not only is the spread lower than we've seen, but People are on are on Illinois covering that. So where are you at on this game? I'm going to believe for one more week, and that's that's I'm going to say Wisconsin wins 27-17. Okay. In this game, I think we're going to see some some sloppiness still, but I think the offense will look better. I actually think the passing game will may end up carrying us in this one. It wouldn't shock me to see us have two touchdown passes, just one running. And have us be like 130 yards rushing as a team, but 250 yards passing. Okay. I I think – so this is so fascinating to me, this game. Because I have no idea where the Badgers are going. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Because I, I agree Nothing with would shock me. I could see them – I could see them laying a total egg. Like I if their too. confidence is totally shaken, which a beating like that can totally shake a team – but see, it's not they, just the Ohio State thing, right? It's also no. you lost at home to a Washington State team yeah. that is the, better the than Ohio thought, State. The Ohio State game shouldn't have happened after the Washington State game. Yeah, like you like should. Like you should have came out weird. with your A game. There's yeah. something weird right now, and I can't figure out if it's like I can't figure out if it's a temporary like shower or if it's like a thunderstorm. I I no. don't know. Do you remember? 
I, w- I was trying to think of what team this is kind of reminding me of the energy behind it. The, the, and for younger viewers, listeners, you may not know, but the 2008 team had like Jonathan Casillas, DeAndre Levy. I think uh, Matt Shaughnessy was on that. There was a lot of talent. Yeah. And I think this team has a lot of talent in certain spots, but the energy on that team felt really weird. And Al- they that finished, was the Allen Average year, right? They finished seven and six, and you know they blew a game. Quarterback play was a big problem. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely was. But just like the energy that that team coming into that year, it was ranked. It was supposed to be good, and it could. They had energy problems. They had chemistry problems. And then mm-hmm. you see a couple weeks into this season, and you've already seen Keanu Benton kind of say, "We we gave up a little bit. It didn't right. feel like Wisconsin." I'm praying that, that we don't have our Michigan moment against Illinois. That's a red flag. If you remember 2008. You remember Michigan, the Michigan game? We were up like 19 yeah. to 7. 19 7 and a half time. Game. Yep, we ended up losing the game. Uh, we drove down in the second half. Travis Beckham had a, a false start or a legal formation penalty when we were about to punch it in to take the. It was what I, I was watching the game at a bar because my power was out in. I was like wearing PJs at a biker bar. It was a really weird scene for me. <laughs> um, I do remember it. Like, I remember that game vividly because I, I thought I was going to get knifed while I was eating. <laughs> like wings in at this biker bar. Anyway, like I don't, I, my bigger point in this is I just have no idea where this team is. I, mm-hmm. I have no clue. Like if they came out and they, they beat up on Illinois, like it's a get right game. The defense is ticked off. They throw the ball a bit more. Braylon Allen runs hard. Illinois hasn't been tested. I could see them winning by 20. I really could. I could see it like a 40 to 20 game, a 37, 17 game. I could also see this like 20 to 23 and it goes either way. Mm-hmm. This could be a super ugly game where both teams just run the ball. Let's it's let's like just pray at this point that that Illinois just doesn't blow us off the field. I don't see and that, and then we feel I, really bad. I really don't see that scenario because I think Wisconsin is better. Like with talent wise, Wisconsin's still better. They are. They are. Um, the The only way that happens is if the defense is completely just broken, and I don't think they are because I think Nick Herbig isn't Nick, everything we've seen with her. That dude's a killer. Like, and Nick Herbig is not going to give up. Like, there's enough guys on that team that I feel aren't going to give up. But well, I could see a super ugly game where Illinois – listen, here's here's where I could see it. I could see a super ugly game. Chris in the offense, Ingram in the offense goes into a real conservative turtle. shell. Yeah. And that's what Bielema wants, right? Bielema's coming to Madison hoping this becomes an ugly slugfest funny he's game. Gonna, he's going to take all the shots. Yep. And game, so. they win late. It's like 17-13. We run out of time. I could absolutely see that happening in this game. Um, my prediction is not that. My prediction is Wisconsin wins, but Illinois covers. I, I'm not with you on the sense of I'm going to believe for one more week. I've seen – I just don't see it. I don't see the offense or the offense mentality to pull away. And I think Illinois is better than they've been. So I'm going to say like 23-20 Wisconsin. Illinois covers. I think Wisconsin wins an ugly one. And we come out of this week feeling really no better. Is yeah. where I think we're at. I, that's basically how I would feel if that happens. Like this is a, a game that that Wisconsin needs to bl- start blowing teams off the field. Like we need to stop this conservative nonsense and start getting more aggressive and just deciding, hey, we need to fake it until you make it. At this point, just but that's not just, who we are. <laughs> like that's not who you know. And I feel like that's not. what you want. Yeah, but well, they that's that's the way that you get your guys believing. Like mm. it's, I don't feel like they come out of this believing if they're playing lowly Illinois and, and I'm not saying that Illinois is a bad team. I'm saying that that's, that's in Wisconsin's mindset is likely how we view them. So whether the coaches say the coaches are going to say whatever they're going to coach speak this and be like, Oh, we, we know we need to show up for this one, but I'm sure the coaches even are probably arrogant enough to think that they're 
you know, we should be blowing them off the field. Like it's just if you're if you're a competitor and you've played sports, there's a level of arrogance there. You think you're better, you think you should kick the other team's butt. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they probably do feel that way about Illinois, but that's how you get stung. That's how 2019 happened. Yeah. What a that was a 30 point favorite. I forget. Mm-hmm. 31 point favorite game. I mean, ugly, ugly, ugly stuff. Um, all right, let's let's wrap up there. You have Wisconsin winning. You're you're still on the believe train. I think you said 27-17 to 10 point win. I think it's gonna be more like 23-20. I think it's gonna be ugly. I think we're gonna be on the edge of our seat the whole game, and not because it's an exciting thrill ride, because it's just it's gonna be an ugly. We're game, waiting for something bad to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just gonna be a lot of running. It's gonna be a lot of time possession. It's just gonna be an ugly game. But I do think Wisconsin wins. I think they they get that that Big Ten victory back in the, the win column and move on to uh, Northwestern next week, which should be – who knows? That, that, <laughs> well, that's its that, own that should be the get-right game, but oh. given we're playing in – In Ryan Field, that's yeah. its own thing. We're not getting into that this week. Justin, we man, just thank you so much. We just got to hope that nobody comes back needing a leg amputated or something based off of how that place has been. That place is a house of horrors. Thank, God, mm-hmm. thank goodness, by the way, they're tearing that place down and building mm-hmm. a new one. Right? No yeah. more Ryan Field. Yeah. Like there's, that place is – that's on a burial ground or something, man. There's there's just bad juju from there. Yeah, for sure. All right, Justin, man. Thank you so much for tuning in or joining the show as always. Uh, for everyone tuning in, I thank you all so, so much. Um, as always, we're going to go live after the the Illinois game. So join the show. Tune in. I'll tweet out all the links. Um, we also got a, a really cool interview with Parker Lisi coming up. I, I meant to release that today. I'll probably get that released uh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, Another Badgers quarterback target. So we're going to chop that up. Um, on Wisconsin. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Beat Illinois, and uh, we'll move on to the next week.